For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Dudici. You're listening to Daybreak. The President of the United States has coronavirus. It's Friday, October 2nd. Early this morning, just before 1 a.m. Eastern Time, President Donald Trump tweeted that he and Melania have tested positive for COVID-19. The announcement came less than a day after Hope Hicks, a top advisor to the president, also tested positive. She had traveled with Trump multiple times earlier in the week. Aides made clear that Trump will continue to carry out the duties of his office while in recovery and isolation, but with only 33 days until the general election, the incumbent will be forced to pause his in-person campaign efforts. Indeed, the president's physician announced that both the president and the first lady will remain in the White House for coming weeks, though he said they are both doing well. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a historic law on Wednesday calling for the creation of a nine-member task force to assess California's role in slavery and reparation payments. The law outlines the task force's three main objectives as being to identify, quote, the form of compensation that should be awarded, the instrumentalities through which it should be awarded, and who should be eligible for this compensation. The author of the bill, Democratic Assemblywoman Shirley Weber, said, quote, California has come to terms with many of its issues, but it has yet to come to terms with its role in slavery. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued a proclamation limiting the number of ballot drop-off locations in the state to one per county. The measure is expected to predominantly affect Harris County, the densely populated Democratic stronghold that houses Houston. As a result of the proclamation, the county will have to remove 10 of its 11 drop-off locations starting today. Abbott, a Republican, claims the move will enhance ballot security. Critics say it will limit voting access. Similar efforts are in place in states across the country. Republicans in both South Carolina and Wisconsin are in the process of appealing separate lawsuits to the U.S. Supreme Court in attempts to limit mail-in voting. The Trump administration has repeatedly questioned the legitimacy of such voting, and the president has not said that he will accept the results of the upcoming election. New Jersey Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman and over 90 university presidents across the country have joined in condemning the Department of Education's investigation into Princeton's potential violations of the Civil Rights Act. The DOE began their investigation in response to an open letter from President Eisgruber that acknowledged how systemic racism persists at the university. Critics have said that the investigation is a bad-faith attempt for the Trump administration to punish institutions for trying to grapple with legacies of racism. The controversy comes as the administration increasingly tries to control the way racism is addressed in education. The DOE is also investigating the use of the New York Times' 1619 project in public schools, and President Trump has promised to rescind funding for universities that he believes are, quote, about radical left indoctrination. In other headlines, Donald Trump said he would be opposed to rule changes for the next presidential debate. Secretary of Treasury Steve Mnuchin and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi have resumed bipartisan debate on a potential COVID-19 relief bill after talks stalled in early August. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who was hospitalized in late August after suffering an alleged poisoning, spoke to German reporters on Thursday, asserting that Vladimir Putin was responsible for the crime. Putin has denied any involvement and instead suggested that Navalny was poisoned by Western spies or that he poisoned himself. On Thursday, Hong Kong police cracked down upon pro-democracy protests planned for China's National Day. Albert Bula, the CEO of Pfizer, one of the leading pharmaceutical companies currently testing a vaccine for COVID-19, 
wrote in a memo to his staff that he was disappointed in the presidential debate's politicization of finding a vaccine. In his letter, he vowed that the company's vaccine research would, quote, not succumb to political pressure. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Francesca Block and Jack Anderson, and produced on the 144th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. Have a wonderful weekend.